It's, Wait, it's, are you telling me Jeff is impersonating Scott Stapp this whole time? <laughs> I am, Levi, I'm, Jeff, I'm afraid to Jeff. disappoint you. It's actually not the real Scott Stapp in the MathCast well, Patreon. Well, I figured that because he probably couldn't afford uh, any Patreon Ooh. tier that we have. I don't know, dog. He, is, uh, he just got a new fucking acting gig. Didn't you hear about that? He's fucking on, um, I can't remember what it is, but he's he's playing he's playing somebody. You got a you got a role. You, that is the vague. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most vague. Like, good, good. I'm glad he's getting work. That's good. He did an acting. Good. Yep. I could see like him getting on like the same fucking um churchy uh stations that like fucking uh Growing Pains dude uh is on and shit like that. You know, like he just kind of went to the Jesus side. You know, maybe possibly, but but I know also he then went to drugs and shit after that. So that might all. Be Here's what it door. is: he is going to portray Frank Sinatra in a um an upcoming Ronald Reagan biopic. <laughs> Do you know what? That makes complete sense because I was like, who who could play old Blue Eyes? Scott Stapp, for sure. I mean, I guess. I'm like trying to like... First of all, I don't think Scott Stapp has blue eyes. Also, did you see his chin? Like, how does that... How would Frank... Sin- that, that is not a Frank Sinatra tri- chin. That like Scott Stapp himself has a weird like chin jawline that like is very strong and is not a, a Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra but, has like anyways. an oval face, yeah. Yeah, he's like oval face. It, anyways, kind of got I, that uh, like pointy chin, kind of. I can't wait. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Man. he'll be convincing. Maybe he can just fucking do a really good Frank impression. Why did they get Harry Connick Jr.? Maybe Harry Connick Jr. is just like hella old now, and I don't even realize it. Well, now Jeff is telling me that he's Frank Sinatra. What am I gonna believe here? I don't know who to believe. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm a bit gullible, so I just listen to whatever We've you guys got tell both me. Scott Stapp and Frank Sinatra in the chat. I think this is this is crazy. Oh my god! That is that is my truth. <laughs> Legit, dude. I I smoked uh I smoked a joint taking a walk today, and it's the first time I've probably like walked and smoked a joint in quite a while, and I definitely had like. The cautious people, like I, I take a hit and be like, <coughs> definitely like, like, oh yeah, you can't, just, you I, can't cough, ooh, you can't, you, no, dude, you can't, dude, you can't even sneeze no. these days. I, dude, I had somebody the other day look at me because I, 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 like, I hocked a loogie on the ground, and even that, I was like, oh shit, I get, okay, I guess, like, I guess, but it's totally person, fair. I mean, they're they're totally just being cautious. It's like understandable, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, well, naturally, right? I mean, the reaction is like noticeable and visceral for sure. Like people like yeah, record. I, I, I guess I kind of I had to I had to uh, I had to go fifty fifty. It was kind of like okay, I see your side if you're disgusted by the COVID thing, but also I just did just hawk a loogie on the ground. That's just disgusting in general, I guess. I mean that is just a personal thing. So yeah, but t- definitely today I, I oh my I god, you can't spit in like, front of people, dog. No wonder they're fucking giving you looks. Well, I didn't. Sp- it's oh, transmitted didn't through them. droplets. I didn't. I didn't spit <laughs> at them. And sometimes you have to hawk a loogie, Christian. You know that. I know. Listen, but when you spit, all your droplets are going into. You know how droplets work. You fucking. I don't need. Yes, to. but I'm also outside of like from like 500 feet away from people that are yelling at me, so it's okay. Tusk Whatever. Tuck X. <laughs> Tuck, I can't fucking put your name in a goddamn sentence and be normal. He's. They ask, "What Dude, are we smoking? What are you smoking?" I knew like? Holly was smoking meth. I knew it. I'm uh, I'm vaping on some field cookies, myself. Levi, what do you uh, uh, what you got? I got a joint. Uh, not smoking anything now, but I got a half rolled up joint here, smoked of uh, some Gelato Forty One. Hell yeah, dog! Uh, gelato is yeah. the fucking jam right now for sure. Um, I actually I, do have some Gelato. I've got some biscotti. I've got some wedding cake, crim cake, 
slurry mac and um, some vanilla vanilla pudding. I think it's called. It's basically purple punch times something else that's like fucking trending right now. Purpose back big time right now. I uh I got a strange today called Gaz G A Z and it's like it's a gas cross it's, probably it's, I'm guessing no, no no it's 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 motor breath crossed with grandpa's breath and like it is it is gross in a good way and it's so yeah, yeah motor breath is kind of like the new like gassy sort of strain this season that's really well not, I wouldn't say it's hot but it's definitely everyone's growing it it's like earthy and gassy you know mm. um it's got that like funk to it but just uh you let me know whenever you find some pot of gold up there christian and uh yeah oh, that's an antique me, I guess. you're talking just, about we need to go down to the listen, fucking antique road show to there. find that listen it's still there man i know it it's still there <laughs> yeah, all the strains i used to know are extinct like master kush dude, bubba kush dude, i guarantee no homie i guarantee you it's still up there yeah it's of there. course it's it's somewhere yeah right there's, there's, there. there's people who are like obscure just, breeders who have it but it's gotta, not like readily available in the dispensary is what i mean legit a legit humboldt county is that thing where you can just look out your door and look out into the hills and the trees and be like somebody's growing weed out there (laughs) just like you could just like look at any random hill and be like i wonder what strains they have out there like that's crazy to think but like that's how that that whole area oh, there's, works, you know? there's breeders up there everywhere for sure up, up there up here yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it still hasn't i'm still apparently not living here in my head i don't know but i but i did get um i did get a pot of gold at spark when i was working at spark here in the bay area and they, they it came from humboldt so i mean even as of like four years ago it's it, it it was it, it lived it was a thing so Man, yeah, some pot of gold would be good right now. Like when I first moved to Humboldt yep. in, you know, 2009 or a whatever. Hindu Kush cross with skunk number one, sir. That's what that it is. is. The one. Wow. Yep. Good memory. I wouldn't yep. I wouldn't be able to fucking tell you that if I had a gun to my head. Very yep. impressive. I, That's a good yep. cross, dude. Hindu Kush is mm-hmm. great, too. So it's just all about that skunk number one, man. It just gave that funk to everything. Uh, see, I got really tired of just the basic skunk uh, because there was just so much of it when I first started smoking. And same with... Uh, Northern Lights, you know, like the skunk number one in, in Northern Lights, like the building block of so many fucking strains. <sighs> yeah, man, I really miss that. That yeah, a little bit more old school genetics up there, and or it was. I mean, now I guess it's like super you know, more silver haze. When was the last time you saw the authentic article? <laughs> I've seen the name. It's but been a long fucking time, dude. While, like man. you don't see yeah. that shit anymore. I'm telling you, like it's hard even, to find. Even ATF, you know, it's like I've heard it, but that is, I ain't seen it since then. Exactly, like, that's uh, that's the dragon that I'm chasing for sure, and I'm sure Prozo feels the same way. Is the ATF? Yep. You can't fucking, you cannot find it. But that was some of the best herb I've ever smoked. Yep, and never grown. Yep. yep. All right. All right. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> we nostalgia complete. Now, one more thing. Like, uh, I, I really used to love as much as the Eye Center sucked. They had such a good selection. I used to go there and get like a half eighth of you know sour d or some uh, og and then i'd get like a half eighth of that dutch blueberry that uh y'all used to get yeah, like the DJ, all the time the, yeah yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Go, go home and vape it that was, shit with my fucking like yaki yeah it was basically uh it was basically the dj short blueberry because like because because dj short like would like come no. in and like give us the seeds and everything yeah and, they're like, two different the dutch like, blueberry and, and dj short blueberry are two different things so they're like different genetics entirely because we've grown the dutch <laughs> blueberry we've grown the excuse me the dj short blueberry and it was way yeah, different. yeah, yeah. that's what we did at the house yeah right, yeah right. yeah yeah the stuff that i got from the eye center back in the day was like do much, you remember it was way different do you remember the stocks on those 
the two or three plants that we had out there, it was like blue. Like they, yeah. as soon as they started flowering, the fucking stalks turned blue. It was just like, whoa, okay. Like it was definitely a different, different plant for sure. It was a vigorous grower, but it was really susceptible to mold. And yeah. I, th- I feel like the actual potency level was very low. Like, although it would seem like it was resinous, I don't think like the content, the THC content was there. Like it didn't really give me much of a head change. It was kind of just more like a smell taste kind of like fruit strain and less of a fucking i don't know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it definitely like more suitable not even suitable for being in a fucking industrial strain just due to how uh, susceptible it is to pests um it, it's, it's a, it was a it was a it was a blueberry cross with a, a thai male of some sort yeah, right, right. The genetics of that so it was kind of like kind of meant to be out in the hot wispy ish like sativa side you know growing you know but yeah not on a fucking um not balcony on the deck. In, humble, <laughs> yeah, in humble county rest in peace yeah. your, your hearts can jockey i'm sorry can i get an f in the chat gamers uh, shout out to that <laughs> cart man kind of like uh sourcing like cartridges right now mm. and like we just got this new kind of like all ceramic hardware uh for our full gram cartridges and like it's it's great. It's just um, we're still having like issues like with like kind of a some of it coming like like out let's just say um out of five hundred carts like five of them like kind of like overflow and literally goo and ooze out the top of the mouthpiece and we don't know why so still trying to figure that out. It make a good product and it's leaking out of the top. Like five out of five hundred cartridges. That's not like, a bad. I think that's probably just this. I think that's probably dude. The every every other that fails uh, honestly. Yeah. Every every the other four hundred ninety five work fine, so yeah, it's not too big of a concern. But yeah, but it's just something. I was like, oh, what the fuck does it do that? Seems for? like a pretty negligible margin, you know, one percent. Yeah. After all, one percent is failing. Yeah. That's pretty fucking good. I'll have to send you pictures after this. You and Nick will fucking like the look of them and everything. So nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Are they one grams? Or are they half grams? <laughs> nice. full, full full grams. You're I wish they were half grams. Gram. Yeah, I feel like half gram is better. As much as I love getting a full gram of live resin you know, liquid diamonds. You're messing with the terps. You're messing with the terps. No. That's going to be such a, you know, like harshness at the, the last, end. at the yes. end of it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just like, it just tastes so spent. Like it's just like, no, ugh, absolutely. Like, like getting, it, totally. Yeah. You, you said it, it tastes spent. You're getting just more, but I guess, distillate and thing, less terps, you know? But you have not experienced yet a full ceramic cartridge there's no metal or wick involved in this hardware that we have so it is a completely different taste even on just distillate alone it's very interesting like this is the first time i'm getting to fuck around with this stuff dude and like they're all white and like yeah everything inside is ceramic it's fucking crazy ceramic cartridge huh yep full ceramic cartridge they should be all white if it's not all white it ain't full ceramic just trying to see what this looks like. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually seen these before. Like the the inside exactly. of it definitely looks different for sure. I don't, yep. I don't think I've yep. seen that. Yeah, we had a, we we sourced them uh, from Japan this time. Um, and yeah. Did you get the uh, the C two vape ones? I don't know the name. That is my other the other dude. He is the one grabbing them basically. All right. So, All right. yep. Levi in the card game. I'm the I I I'm he yeah it's like a, it's like Reese's. He's the chocolate guy. I'm the peanut butter guy. <laughs> I love how you say fucking Reese's. Who are you? Because it makes so much sense. <laughs> it's fucking it's Reese's. Fucking... You degenerate. Reese's Reese's. Oh come on now. I'm fu- whatever. I'm from North Dakota. I butcher every goddamn Everything. word in the English language. Why yeah. is it y'all from the Midwest <laughs> just talk so funny? I don't know, dude. And even uh, I, I, we'd talk about accents back in the day, and my mom would be like, "Levi, 
We sound just like everybody on Yo, TV. Yo, Skin Jockey's backing <laughs> you up on this one. <laughs> Thanks, Skin Jockey. I appreciate that. All right. Um, let's talk about... Reese's, Reese's. I love how he's yeah. <laughs> Phonetically, naturally. That's brilliant. Okay. All right. Should we talk about music? Yeah, let's talk about some fucking music. <clears throat> All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and kick this off. Cool. Woo! Jesus Christ. <laughs> I gotta get myself pumped up. I'm tired as fuck, dog. That's th- that's that bong rip that he took. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was probably really fucking loud. Yeah, I'm sorry. My gain is up super. You know, no, high no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't Howard Dean it. You were fine. It was good. I, you know, because I just have to keep my gain up loud just so you can hear me. Because usually I'm like, you know, talking down there in my low range. I gotta stop doing that. I gotta project. I gotta speak in my upper register. Mm. I know it's annoying. <laughs> I hate it too. That's why I just that's why I just talk like this all the time now. Yeah. No, no one can hear what I'm saying. I'm, hey, I'm at half mass right now. You just talking like that, homie. I'm fucking you know, fucking good. this guy who just got hired, who doesn't even work in our department. He works in fucking white labeling. He comes into the sales floor and he's got fucking nicknames for everybody already. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking calls me Barry White, is where I was going with that. And he calls fucking um he calls this other guy Action Bronson, which is funny because meanwhile Nick is rapping in the style of Action Bronson. It's just but he's not not a big guy with a beard, so he probably doesn't get the same name as this guy does, right? right? He, well, he's a skinny yeah. guy with a you know skinny white guy with a beard. So, but God's you know. so fucking great. No, he's not. He's not English, so he's lacking the more he's lacking those qualities, unfortunately for him. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the 57th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just want to remind everybody, please follow us on Spotify, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on SoundCloud, leave us five stars, leave us a review. If you have any questions or comments, you can send us an email to mathcoreindex at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to show your support, if you want to get some cool, exclusive benefits, hit us up on Patreon, uh, get some insight to our creative process, and more. So with that, uh, let's talk about some fucking bands. We've got six more sick underground bands to talk about today. And the first band we're going to talk about is Femur. Mm-hmm. Femur are a chaotic hardcore mathcore trio from Thunder Bay, Ontario. Uh, we've talked about them previously. Their album Red Marks was one of my favorite albums of 2018. It's angular, dissonant, raw. Wow, uh, was that 2018? Yeah, man. It's been two years Holy since Red Marks. Shit. Okay. All right. And now they're back with their recently released sophomore album, For the Love of It, which they released on November 20th, and it is certainly no different. Man, this one, I, I was caught off guard by how much I love this album. Like, they, they kind of just, it kind of came out of left field. Uh, no different, but definitely stepped it up, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, I agree with what you're saying there, but this album is completely different from the last release. Um, it's more, it's certainly more matured. There's a, a notable, I meant oh. like it's no different. In other words, that, that I, I really like it. Like it's one of my favorite albums of this year is what I was alluding to. It is well thought out uh, for, uh, it is definitely making it uh, one of the more unique um, hardcore albums uh, for, uh, of the year for myself as well. Um, yeah, this is, this is so good. This is quickly becoming one of my favorite records of 2020. On I'm the already, day it came I'm out, s- I listened to it three times and then two, twice more the the next day. Yeah, I'm already umming so much just because I'm like I'm kind of already getting way too excited here. But uh, <laughs> I just just like just like yourself, I knocked this album out and then the next day I knocked it out twice again. 
uh, it just grabbed me so so well at that time. Really enjoyed uh, the heaviness uh, with little touches of that jazziness. You had little sung vocals in there at times. Yeah, they took some they took some chances here. They they uh, again the, the, there's a notable maturation on this record, especially considering the. Uh, you said it was well thought out. It's just that I think that they really took their time with the pacing. Great album flow here. You know, by by track four we get that you know such a lovely breather with those um, those like the the harmonics coming off the bass and like the rolling percussion. It's like really like relaxing. You know, I agree. I agree. Um, the ultimately the this this album just has a lot more noticeable just fucking catchy hooks uh songs like the shakes you know yeah it just it, it That's has a strong it has everything too. yeah man i mean the it, it, it has it all um it, it's still in my head <laughs> kind of playing around it kind of like perfectly it just lays out the band's mission statement which is just to pummel you with a simple riff until it evolves into something that is deceptively technical yep yep Unconditional would be a track that if you want to see the well-rounded side of just what we're speaking of, like heaviness, the jazziness, the sung vocals and everything, Unconditional would be the track I'd suggest you going to right away. That is definitely one of my favorite tracks on the album, for sure. This is a fucking classic track, 1 to 10, blasted through, put in the work, it's all amazing. And uh, there was not a boring part, Uh, there's no filler. I, I really enjoyed this, so, yeah. Yeah, this is one that you can listen to front to back. And the calmer moment, moments are, are not uh, not at all ones that I would skip. You know, like normally I think I might have the tendency to kind of like skip past the kind of more relaxed, subdued tracks and a track list like this. For example, with Cult Leader, A Patient Man, there are definitely times that I'm like skipping over certain tracks that are very, you know, disparate stylistically speaking from the rest of the album's compositions. But in this case, <clears throat> Excuse me. With the uh, the more relaxed tracks, they they really stand out to me. Again, with unconditional, that's just a such a lovely moment with those like raindrop like harmonics coming off the bass and the hi hat work from the the drummer, like almost just like Ravel like subtleties in the changes. Uh, they're all doing like very subtle switch ups. Again, just kind of like deceptively technical. So deceptively I, I agree that was a standout technical. track for sure. Okay, yeah, I, like I want to keep using that. I feel like that's kind of just describes what this band does. Um, I, I also feel like there's a lot of comparisons to make with this band to botch, like in the way that they just do the buildup so well. Agreed. Agreed. Um, holy shit. That's a really good comparison. Uh, I didn't think about that, <laughs> but that makes a lot of sense, dude. The reason I say that is because... You know, the buildup is the process of taking apart and just gradually adding intensity, right? Until you are just practically begging for them to deliver the part that you're expecting. So, you know, Botch and subsequently Gaza and Cult Leader, I feel like those influences are definitely all over this record. I was also picking up on a really strong Deftones influence. Not so much because of the vocals, but because of the riffs. Uh, I I know a lot of their songs on guitar, and that was really, that comparison kept jumping out to me. Are we kind of going more White Pony style? Or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, Stephen yeah, yeah. Carpenter has a signature kind of, of riff that I feel like is definitely borrowed in a lot of the, the current hardcore vernacular, though. Okay. And, I, I'll it, pick... Uh, yeah, I see that. And it's not, like, overly technical, you know? it's they're, they're never, like, trying too hard in that respect. Like, it's always just the right amount of rhythmic fuckery that manages to still, like, embrace the more, like, primal and primitive beats at the same time. 
So it's use rhythmic fuckery more too. I like that <laughs> as well. I like that. That's good. So this album is real fucking good. I have a lot of favorite tracks. Uh, I like the shakes as well. I, I think you said that was one of your favorite tracks. Um, the uh, the shake. Uh, so the shakes and Brian Wells are my two favorite tracks. Great lyrics on those tracks too, by the way. Holy shit! Awesome lyrics and also very just um. I, I guess audible. I can. I just hear. I can hear everything very well. Yeah. Um, I can. Yeah. Uh, Good diction. But I would say I was. I, if I, I was gonna pick a track just to jam and just know it's gonna be the shakes. Um, just with that hook and everything in there. Um, but yeah. I have a really hard time picking definitively what my favorite song is, but uh, I, I definitely have some thoughts about Brian Wells. That's one of the more rhythmically driving and less obtuse tracks, but with those heavy harmonics. Um, you know, near the conclusion, like those slot, like those, uh, and then the sliding daughters s chords. Like, sorry, I'm getting lost in my mm-hmm. notes here, mm-hmm. obviously. But when it gets to that bridge part, uh, when the daughters s chord starts coming in, that they bring back the main motif with the blast beat. Again, that's just so satisfying. Perfectly building up, hinting at that theme, recapitulating it, and then finally delivering it again with those blasts. Man, it's just that really hits the spot. Mm-hmm. They can write a hell of a song. Like they just, they really, they they bring in that, also that last little fucking jazz clean break. It's just so perfect, man. I love that track. Uh, I also really liked. I think this actually might be my favorite. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Like it has this dissonant sort of like pre-chorus with this nauseating bend, which again they bring back and start to embellish with even more dissonance, and it's just so fucking satisfying. Again, one of my favorite moments on the record is when it's fully realized. Again, just really cohesive songwriting there. Um, what else? What else? Uh, Fish Church is good, too. I, I pretty much felt like uh, it was sort of like the same riff for about two and a half minutes, but then that feedback suddenly kicks in, and it's just like a lovely dissonant riff uh, while the toms are like, uh, the drummer's like working the toms, rather. <sighs> I could go on. <laughs> I've got a lot to say about yeah, these songs. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to return to the daughter's influence on Gulazi, I feel like that influence is, is really present there with the sliding bass part. I can just kind yep. of... Yep. Just, you know, re-illustrating, at least to me, how profound that band's reach has become. I might be hyperbolic in saying that they're, like, really heavily permeating all bands in metalcore and hardcore, but it's like, they kind of are. Like, <laughs> you see dudes in metalcore bands wearing you-won't-get-what-you-want shirts now, so... I think that's kind of a testament. I fucking love it. Welcome Wind. I like that track too. Uh, it almost feels like it, it could have been like the last track because it's so simple and cathartic. You know, in this track, they try again some singing, which I think really paid off for them because the result is something that is just so catchy and quite frankly memorable. And it's a track to look, that I look forward to when I'm jamming this. And it's also 10 Man. minutes long. So just talk about a massive accomplishment that they could write something like this. Man, to throw the the sing the singy vocals in hardcore, um, it's uh, it is a delicate little dance there for sure. And this is just it. Uh, also, I just like the the tone of the sung vocals. I, I love I love it. It's, it's it's perfect. It fits so well. Um, just the 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 math is there, you know. I agree. I, I feel like the singing is very well executed on this record for sure. It's like not too polished, but also not overly <laughs> hardcore not terrible, too polished like emo terrible you know like not too uh, polished describes this band so perfectly actually <laughs> yes yeah, there's something yeah. so live and raw and desperate about the vocal performances in particular too that really shine through on this record mm-hmm. 
I feel like those are all excellent uh, descriptors of the qualities of this music. There's a really, in the same way the Chariot kind of delivered a live performance on record because they did live recordings, I feel like it might be due to the same thing here. You know, maybe just doing vocals later on and doing the instrumentals all together live. Mm-hmm. Anywho, um, yep. so I really love this record. This is one of my favorite records of the year. I don't want to give my list away too early, but you know, like this is this is probably going to be cracking my top ten. I really, really, really like it. Really, really, really like it. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think? What, what, what's the track? I think. Well, I mean, I, I, I want to give him my favorite track, which is just because you can doesn't mean you should, because I feel like it's got a lot of switch ups. But uh, do you know what? what you... I don't remember that one off the bat. Let's. I'm down with that little ride there. I want to give him the shakes too, but I feel like it takes a, just a little bit too long to get going. It's got like a minute of instrumentals before the vocals kick in. Be ready, everybody. <laughs> okay. I was just going to make sure that you were going to protest. The hero. <laughs> God, I... I'm just lazy. I, heard, I don't know. I, was lazy. I know. I just... I, I, I had the dot, dot, dot in my head, and then you said it, and I was like, okay, now I hate us both. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so... um. We're going to go ahead and give to you Just Because You Can Doesn't Mean You Should, which is track two from Femur's new album, For the Love of It, and that came out on November 20th. Here we go.
All right, all right, all right. God damn it. <laughs> so that was Just Because You Can Doesn't Mean You Should, which is track two was, from... That was a good choice, man. I, can't, I, I looked you. in the... I, I can't believe that's a track two. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. That was, When I heard that track, I was like, okay, I already officially love this album. It's just the riffs on that are so satisfying and good, and the, the way they tease parts and then bring them in, and then... Uh, Tuck was reminding me in the chat that I was not highlighting the bass enough. The, the bass performances on this album are really fucking good. Like, really excellent. And not just playing the fucking root or the third, you know, really uh, playing more of a, almost a lead role, you know. Doing quite, you know, leady kind of very melodic parts. Uh, bass players, they get all the women, but they can't read. I know about bass players. <laughs> So that was Just Because You Can Doesn't Mean You Should, which is track two from Femur's new album, For the Love of It, and that came out back in November. So the next band we're going to talk about is Sense Race. That's all one word. For those of you frantically searching. It's probably nobody. All, yeah, also, it's like it's like when you put the words together, but it's not sense erase. It's like, then we took a letter or two out. I, you know, you definitely have to kind of... I kind of correctly. rolled my eyes the first time I saw this band's name. I, I do why. every time when I try to type it into Spotify or Bandcamp. I'm like, God damn it. Like, but, uh, fucking put too many S's in there. You know, it, to their credit, it is an interesting portmanteau. So they did something unique. I mean, you, in this day and age, you really have to come up with a unique phrase or, you know, make a fucking word up. Like in this case, just to, to sort of set yourself out and be more search engine optimized. Ah, uh, yes. A poor man's toe. Absolutely. <laughs> Anywho, um... So, Sensor Race are a mathcore progressive metal quartet from Athens, Greece. They've been around forever. They actually formed in 2005. So, technically, this LP is 15 years in the making. This is their debut album. It's the debut album! Yeah. <laughs> like, what? So, that's kind of wild to think about. They've been around for so long and have not delivered a full length. But um, but then, I guess if, like, okay, if... The the music that they play on this um on this release so I like when I read this I was like okay this is all up to date music it's all current it's not like they're doing any throwback or anything like that but then I'm like well it, 15 years I'm like technically isn't that like a discography or a collections but it's like but it's your debut but you've been around for 15 like it's just that kind of thing where it's like well, well what is this then that kind of like or are you guys just been playing and polishing for 15 years and then you put out the, the full length right I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this material is not like super old I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is all no, within the absolutely. last two judging by the way it sounds it sounds pretty current even by like metalcore you know tech metal standards I agree. Um, there, there's a few I, kind of like gentis tropes here and there, but overall, it's just, it's mostly just like heavy technical prog and mathcore, really dense. You could even describe it as uh, technical deathcore at times. I think. Be, uh, due to the breakdowns, uh, this is the only thing that would uh, quote unquote uh, take me back. Uh, being like maybe this is like older material, but it's not. They're just like throwing in some really good chunky breakdowns. But the, mm. they uh, any said breakdown in this ba- band really takes me to like an early two thousands metalcore deathcore vibe. Yeah, I'm just, just gonna say they, it right now. They the they sheer bring it to you. Ion D of it all. The, absolutely. The late well, I mean, Ion dissonance. The late yes, I was gonna say the later Ion D. Absolutely. I um, think it's mostly yeah. because the vocalist sounds like Kevin a mm-hmm, lot. Mm-hmm. 
I, I really feel like he sounds like Kevin. Um, so I get a lot of late. I, but there's also just certain parts where I'm like, damn, that is so ion dissonance. Like the, the, the chuggier the, parts, you know, the the chu- the chuggier, chunky breakdowns and shit like that. It definitely takes me to cursed. Absolutely. Earl, cursed. OK, yeah, yeah. The cursed. No, album, no, I mean, the, sure. the, the album cursed, right, right, you know, right. not, uh, yeah, not, absolutely. Um, that's not like an ion D album that I've listened to terribly very many times, but nah. Nah. I feel like that's the weakest album in their discography, actually. It was the it was like, yeah, it was after Solus and like Solus was already kind of like it, it, it took me a second, you know, but it still had the no, original minus the herd was after Solus. Curse came back. No, minus, minus the, the herd. herd. Thank you. Yes. Minus, minus the, the herd. herd fucking bangs. That was Kevin's first album. And that's where they kind yes, of made yes. the shift into more breakdown oriented shit. And that would kind I of will agree. lost a lot of their original fan base in the problem, you know, in the process, the same way that when Dillinger brought on Greg. And they introduced more singing. They probably lost everyone who was calculating Infinity Era. Or both both dudes resembled football players when they immediately entered the band. Coincidence? And I think a lot of yeah, yeah, it's coincidence. <laughs> or is you it a idiot? Yeah, I or is it a those. conspiracy so big that your little mind can't even grasp it? <laughs> no, no, it's not though. It's got big guy. Another so, vibe that it. I was getting off this was a uh, early contortionist vibes. Because we're talking about very specific eras of very well, specific if, bands, early contortionist. If we're going to throw the dirty word gent in there, absolutely, Christian. Yeah. I fucking, I was right there. Exoplanet, yeah. for sure. There's a lot of like more progressive moments too, though, that are just kind of like more melodic and atmospheric too. So there's some, there's some good balancing on this record. Uh, yep. Some tracks that I enjoyed. I, you know, honestly, I, just to talk about this very quickly, I was kind of thrown off by track one and two just because they're so... Not like super different, but excuse me, they're definitely more like genty, as you might say. Especially track one. I think maybe I was just, I think maybe it almost just threw me off a bit and almost had me withdraw from this record because track two definitely steps it up in terms of intensity and complexity and just being overall more fleshed out and interesting. But uh, I think the best track on this album is track three, Extraction. When I think that's where we start to see this band really shine, you know? Um, I, so I will agree with it taking off, but, uh, I, I felt like the first two tracks, it didn't like nothing stood out to me, I guess. Um, but the gentiness is there. It's heavy. And then later in the other tracks, I feel like it's a little more mixed in and then just more chunky breakdowns with the genty side. Uh, but I guess, I don't know, man, I, this, this album, it, it is, it is chock full. Uh, every, every song is a banger. <laughs> they uh there's a lot of parts per song so I, I, i'd rate their dude, music yes it's a lot to digest yeah i would i would rate their musical density very high actually so i mean on that note i so for them to be around for so long and then to then have this as their debut it's 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 a uh, very comforting to know and see that they have put in the work and have basically shown us everything they have um yeah, I, I don't think like yeah. this is a dis- you know a disappointment at all in terms of being their debut full length. I mean, granted, it's fifteen years, but with this style of I music, don't... it's not that big of a stretch to have a band go that fucking long without releasing a full length. Now, is it? Yep. If I was to say, uh, out of the the bands that we're covering on this on this uh, episode, as far as purchasing an album, I feel like this band is well worth your money. If you're literally just gonna gonna spend like say ten dollars on the album. It's it's chock full, just like femur. I mean, you have no fillers. It's um, in in just like femur. It's like it's one consistent. interlude, but that's it. Oh, I mean one. Yeah, there's there's like yeah, there's a little bit there, but uh, 
yeah, ultimately I wasn't, uh, there was no track I was skipping over. Um, truly I was I just, it was just heavy, 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 doom, doom. Speaking of heavy. And so then, the heaviest uh, song in this album has got to be the hunt. You know, it's got that, the heaviest breakdown of the whole album. As a matter of fact, which, about 30 seconds track, into it. What track is that? I don't know. I stopped writing down tracks, uh, right, track fuck, numbers, but fuck, on um, the hunt about 30 seconds into that track, they hit this heavy ass bendy chug part that is so similar to Frontier, the song called Neon Barnacle, mm, like really fucking hitting it with the bound and bound and bound that kind of vibe. The hunt, you know what I'm saying? The hunt is yep. The hunt I agree with. That was a great. That was a great track, dude. That um, fucking bangs. That is that is a real that is a real fucking fresh banger for sure. If y'all want to pick up the butterflies, pick up the change and everything, swing those windmills. I say track seven and eight, Privity and Ape, are. F- there completely <laughs> they, they 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 sprinkle a breakdown and then bring it back to a breakdown again which is great um, they do that really well for real yeah i uh i just it's almost like oh shit they're doing it again like you know gotta run back out to the dance floor kind of thing um uh, that, but, they'd uh, be a great band to see live on that note yeah i would love I'm to dance with them it's almost like uh they almost i'm gonna say this um this might not even make sense to a lot of people, but it's almost like a Black Dahlia murder album where it's just, it all sounds like Black Dahlia murder, you know, where these guys just like every album, just every song, just like, bah, 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 junk, 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 junk. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like that kind of thing. So sign no me up. No surprises. Yeah. Uh, every track though, uh, well over three and a half minutes going into five, six, seven minutes, you know, uh, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a banger, 10 tracks. And there is that one interlude, I guess, uh, like going on two minutes long. Uh, ultimately though, lyrics are there, music's there, hard work, like, fuck yeah, man, sign me up. I liked, um, this is a little bit more of a straight deathcore track, but Antipode, I feel like that was, uh, just some really outrageous vocals and breakdowns of like some of the best on the whole album. They don't even give you time to breathe. It's right after the hunt. It's fucking the hunt and then the Antipode. And then they give you that little, little breather and then they go privity an ape it's yeah, fucking it's a, yeah it's looking at this track listing again it is really quite good yep um but i think extraction is probably the uh, track we should give our listeners yeah game on dude so we're gonna go ahead and play extraction which is track three from oros which is since Race's new album that came out on november 26th here we go
Fuck me. So that was Extraction, which is track three from Sense Erase's new full-length album, Oros, and that came out back in November. So the next band we're going to talk about is Snooze. Snooze are a happy, heavy math rock project from the Chicago uh, suburbs, and they just released their new EP still, November 27th, via Choke Artist. And this is Snooze's, uh, this is somewhat of a, somewhat of a departure for them. It's kind of more like atmospheric and floating their most atmospheric stuff to date I'd say while still retaining some of the same heaviness and melodic major key breakdown moments that are really the staple of this project it sound is, I believe it is atmospheric due to the, the the equation of the current lineup Yes, I'm just getting to that Yeah. so sadly the bassist Cameron Grom passed away earlier this year his bass work, however, is featured on What is the Secret Ingredient of a Toilet? <laughs> and he also uh, wrote the lyrics to Feels Bad. And this record is actually dedicated to him. And uh, very much, uh, you know, I didn't know Cameron personally, but definitely a, a sweet individual from what I knew of him and very, very much a sad loss for yep. the, the community. Uh, this, uh, I, I honestly, this is going to be an interesting uh, snooze uh, review uh, from... I'm not sure about Christian, but myself, it'll be a little different. Uh, Christian and I both have enjoyed Snooze through the years. This will be the, I believe, the third time we've covered them on the podcast. Yes. Uh, I believe uh, as far as math rock groups go, uh, the 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 highest tier uh, belongs to uh, these guys, Delta Sleep, Good Game, uh, uh, Good Game, you know. This is like a motive math rock it's, of the highest order. It's the prettiest feel-good yet sad fucking math rock and just so technical and just so beautiful at the same time what they yeah man like what they are doing like for what they're trying to do is it's practically perfect yeah so um yeah this is this is we've got a lot we've got a, a deep emotional connection to their music apparently i think is what we're both trying to say especially after the release of their album familiar ease last year so familiar really just cemented them as one of my favorite math rock bands you know this this band uh has gone through quite a bit as far as uh just hardships and lineup changes and i'm gonna say mm-hmm. that, i mean it's not like they've had like it's not highlight ten... specifics about that but yeah no no but it's you know they lost they ultimately through the years they have lost their their they lost a vocalist uh uh through technical things just with social media and then you know they lost cameron um and fuck man i mean this band so i mean you're you you literally you you take out your you take out your main vocalist and they adjusted they didn't replace the vocalist they just kind of uh picked up from there and i believe it was cameron that was doing some of the, like some of the vocals and everything um right no logan logan logan, um, has, logan, yes. logan has taken over all the vocal duties yes. so i mean i mean logan is honestly the heart and soul of this project yes but okay cameron was very much in the same way too. right cameron just did the lyrics okay he just did the lyrics on one of the songs yes. on this album. But yes, he, I, I'm pretty sure that Cameron was, you know, heavily involved in the songwriting prior absolutely. prior to this. Uh, but ultimately, it's just you know this band uh, saying so consistent yet adjusting to the lineup. I really, it's interesting. They've to rolled see with a, the punches. Basically, they, they really this this band really has, and to they've gone be, through lineup changes and literal literal deaths in their lineup and, and to continue and to, to put out music. 
and then to uh to not even be a, a fully touring band aka a probably a profitable band these guys are doing it for the love i mean they they fucking it's not like they're in the, it's not like uh they're major merch hustlers i mean you can go no, on their band company you can you can possibly buy a t-shirt and maybe a record and that's all it is you know i mean this band is it's uh they are so modest in what they do um and i just uh <laughs> yeah. i just um ultimately this this okay I'm going to say this and I, I, and I, it is kind of like in a sadder note. Uh, I honestly have not listened to this album fully the way I should as a podcaster to review this album because it still bums me out a little bit of what snooze is now. And when I hear this new snooze album, um, it is a lot more atmospheric. Like you said, Christian, uh, yes. it still sounds like snooze. It's a departure of sorts. It, it, it so it's, it sounds like snooze, but, I, um, and just, it's probably just because we know what we know. And uh, if you all follow the band, you know, just the, you know, the, whatever, like we were just talking about the lineup changes. Uh, I feel like, uh, there is this, this, like, like, uh, essence of like, just this missing piece, like this, like floating, like orb above, like, like, like this unattainable, like reaching thing I can't get to. And I just wish there was a little bit more, but it just, it's still, um, it's I don't know. It just bums me out a little bit. Just thinking about Cameron and just like thinking about the lineup changes and everything. I haven't fully been able to enjoy this record like I should. Um, but then there's other times where I try to convince myself and I'm like, well, fuck, man, they really have rolled with the punches. They have they have adjusted and kept adjusting and kept adjusting. Having well, hopefully this conversation they, will inspire you to go, you know, revisit it and give it another listen in earnest. Oh, it, I, is, oh, it is good. It, well, I mean, know, try, by, by I and mean, large, it's a good album. Oh, yeah. Time, time, time is time. is Time, you know, does does everything, you know, man, it's all good. I just. Uh, as far as myself, um, uh, I'm just, I've just, it's been hard little, though. I hear you're saying I gotta tell it's you, like, dude, it's, I've got, I've the music a, is emotional. I can't even imagine what an emotional process it must've been to try to finish this record under those circumstances. And you know? I'm not like, trying to, I'm not, yeah, dude, I'm just telling you like, this is the first no, time, sure. like, li- like I can't fucking jam this album fully yet, man. Like I'm not ready, dude. Like I even got, I do, I have the 12 inch wrapped in plastic still. I have not touched it. I haven't opened it. I haven't smelt it. I haven't touched it. Cause I'm just, I'm, I'm not there yet and I'm not ready. And it wasn't like a, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm not, it's not like I'm, I'm sad. Like I, I, you know, when, when all this news came out, it wasn't like I'm crying on my phone, but just when the release happened, um, I tried to jam the album and I was like, holy shit. Like I'm, I'm a little bummed. I'm not ready for this whole new sound of snooze yet. Like, but, uh, all in all this, the sound is good. I just, you know, not ready yet. <laughs> so it's way more, it's way, they're like leaning into like the wall of sound type moments now with yes. like the soaring yes. vocals and they kind of like, dr- these parts like sort of just drone on for quite a while while the vocals are, they're, um, they're, they're like high and soaring. They're also quite understated. For one, probably due to like the sheer emotion of the just recording it in general, but I also feel like they're really like low in the mix too. Uh, so that was, you know, it, it, I want to say it was that that kind of um, it didn't necessarily like meet my expectations in terms of enjoyment, like how much I've enjoyed their their other stuff. But there's a there's a new layer to this band that we're getting to experience here, and I, I think that um, it, they're morphing. They de- they definitely are morphing. A little bit there, mm. you know? Yeah, I agree. 
yeah, they're going through some changes for sure. Yeah. But, you know, that being said, there's some really, really great moments on this uh, album. I don't actually have any track by track notes, but let me just pull it up really quickly so I can just tell you some of the tracks that I liked. Um, I feel like uh, Feels Bad was a major highlight for me. I liked the, the saxophone feature on that. I feel the like saxophone's that really paid amazing. Off of yep. Mm hmm. In the past, they have used like MIDI sax, but this is the first tr- time that Snooze has actually, to my my knowledge, actually gotten a real fucking horn on one of their albums. I'm pretty sure they haven't, but no, yeah, either we, way, we know that they, uh, yeah, I've we've never heard uh, any like horn, any woodwind, any brass, anything like that on a on a Snooze. Yeah, track. There's, there's like legit sax on Feels Bad, and that's fucking great, and that's that's the song that is actually featuring the lyrics of Cameron. Uh, I also liked uh, what's the secret ingredient of a toilet. The, Once know, again, is, Cameron's yeah. little touch there, man. I think, though, that Chesapeake is the the best song on the album overall, at least the one that I enjoyed the most. It's got very, very catchy lyrics uh, that ring out my mind just thinking about the song. The lyrics are the name of the song, 927 Chesapeake, which is an address. And of course, if you remember the, the launch of the single, you see the picture of 927 Chesapeake. Did you know that, Levi? I bet you didn't. I did not. I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, man, go on their band camp. The single for Chesapeake is the cover, or rather, is the house of that same address. So. Amazing. So I thought that was a great track. The, the lyrics are really good on that one. And um, also, it's got the titular line of the EP, you know, still as it was, still was. So uh, rest in peace to Cameron Grom. Grom rather, I'm, I'm glad that they, I'm glad Logan pushed through and got this album out. And it was actually the drums were tracked by, what is their name, Anup Sastry, who I, I've seen that name fucking everywhere, but I can't remember what other band they're in. Either way, so glad this came out. If you want to pick up a vinyl, you can get that through Choke Artist. Yep, highly suggest you guys do that. Support Joke Artist as well. Great fucking label who've been putting out so much music in math rock. The, the, basically, the cream of the crop underground math yep. rock bands are being released through this label. So, yep. Do yourself a favor and go fucking check them out. Joe's a real solid dude. He plays in fucking all kinds of sick bands. So, uh, without further ado, Levi, what do you think? Is, is Chesapeake cool with you, dog? Chesapeake you is like definitely more? cool with me. Absolutely. Cool. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Chesapeake, which is track six from Snooze's new EP, Still, and that came out on November 27th via Choke Artist. Here we go.
That is rather posty, isn't it? It is. As Otis yep. so astutely identified. Pretty, pretty posty. Pretty, pretty posty. I cannot believe I didn't put that in my notes. Yeah, you kind of suck for that, man. But uh, at least we got, the, we, got we got our listeners here. So Yeah, awesome, I'm missing man. all kinds of observations, and they're just like, yo, this. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it went. That's, that's, how it went. How, that's, that's life, man. I'll tell you what. Oh man, I remember that. I remember oh, that remember man. That time that I dropped my keys and you thought the phone was ringing. <laughs> call him fingers. I never seen him fing though. Yo, um, that was not a very good auto. By the I, way, I, I apologize. I just, uh, I just started. Um, I don't watch a lot of The Simpsons, and I kind of bought like some of the newer like Christmas episodes. I do not like the newer animation they have for The Simpsons. I like. I'm not. A, don't like it at all. It, like, it's almost like kind of off-putting how they're, high, high quality they're, is they're, now. They're over-animated. I feel like they're like like a Disney characters. Like I don't like how I, CGI yeah. has ruined literally every visual art form. It's yeah, dude. It's it definitely has ruined The Simpsons for me. I mean, t- definitely today, like watching the, the 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 newer Christmas episode, I'm like, all right, I give up. Fuck it. Like like. Seasons eleven, like one to eleven. That's all I'm doing. Other than that, fuck it all. I don't care. Yeah, I definitely prefer the earlier seasons. It's really hard for me to watch anything from the last ten or fifteen years from the show, though. It's all so terribly contrived. The writing is awful. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Yep. Like the last thing I legitimately got a laugh out of was fucking a season. I don't even know twenty eight or something like. Chief Wickham goes, oh, my snout. That, that really got me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my beautiful snout. My beautiful snout. So uh, that was a good laugh. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, yeah. Most of the, it's funny, all of the laughs I get out of the show revolve around pigs. Fucking, <laughs> all, every, every, like, funny Simpsons punchline revolves around a fucking pig from the last, like, 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it generally involves Ralphie or Chief Wiggum. Or that, yeah. yeah the yeah. writing... That's definitely true for sure. Yep. Ralph definitely has some good fucking lines. Yep. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, so <laughs> I'm was, in danger. Yo, uh, that was a that was a really solid track. Um, I gotta tell you, uh, I to to choose out of this album, that one was perfect. It had enough vocals, very atmospheric, but still had that classic kind of snooze, chunky upbeat math core thing going on it was it was damn dog i'm all kinds of faded i forgot we're doing a podcast like we were just talking and i forgot to close out the song (laughs) well i just did i just did there we were listening to you brought me back you brought i was like oh shit it's we're doing a podcast aren't we well honestly after so many bong rips i thought we were talking about simpsons simpsons yeah i thought we were talking about oh shit man simpsons cast All right. Um, so let me do my thing real quick. Oh, yeah. So that was that was Chesapeake, which is track six from Snooze's new EP, Still, and that came out in November via Choke Artist. Anyway, Simpsons. Yep. Not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's not funny anymore. No. Not, it's not, <laughs> That's where I was going with that. Stop talking about it, guys. We're we're done. Uh, okay. One more laugh. I'm just gonna share from The Simpsons that recently was one of the only things that got me. Um, he's like, they get that pig in the house and she's like, Homer, what are you doing with his, you know? And he's like, don't worry, Marge. I've devised a most eloquent solution. <laughs> and he does like that finger twirl thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, <laughs> <laughs> and then they cut to the fucking silo and she's like, 
he filled the whole silo in three days? And Homer's like, well, I helped. <laughs> that was funny. It's All very right. good. I'll, I'll, I just want to, after tearing the show down, I just had to give it credit to some fucking very legitimately funny moments. Uh, damn you. Damn you, Simpsons. <laughs> so what else, what, what have you been watching lately, Levi? What are you watching right now? Sorry about that for a um, none of the listeners want to know this, but yes, it's just Dece- watching a canceled show with no, a canceled I'm, person. No, you're watching it's, Mighty Boosh. It's huh? December, so I all I do is I watch Christmas movies or Christmas episodes. So it might be like if I only I I, I knock uh, out I have the canceled I, people of Christmas past. I have a list of like forty things that I watch behind me, and I check them off as I go. Um. So a Christmas movie, uh, TV show, a special, like, like, yeah, Charlie Brown Christmas, that Charlie Brown Christmas, Grinch, um, Home Alones. And then I go like, I go American Dad Christmas episodes, Simpson episodes. I'll be like SpongeBob Christmas episode. I'll be like the Pee Wee, the Pee Wee's Christmas episode he did in like 87. I got like some like, you go deep. Oh, dude, I got like 1950s. I got some old, like fucking weird borderline fucking like old mm-hmm. white people like 1950s Bing Crosby <laughs> shit you know where it's just like you don't even know what's going on and most of the things they say aren't really correct these days like that kind of stuff like it's just it's all, it's all over the place but yeah I fucking I, I enjoy all the Christmas so oh goodness gracious so yeah it, honestly I know, you're, it, to be honest you're, with you're, you you're this, such a Christmas enthusiast this podcast Levi, Levi sets up his, his Christmas decorations the day after Christmas or the day after fucking no, uh, the, Thanksgiving the, right the night of Thanksgiving that fucking shit is up but I was in Costa Rica this year, so I had to set it up on the 28th versus, the, you know, whatever. The- in Costa Rica, antagonizing monkeys. I was chilling with the monkeys. I am their king now. Uh, it's just the cappuccinos, though. Uh, but yeah, uh, fucking... You're so lucky uh, they didn't, like, just tear off your fucking nose, dog, and feed it to you. Whatever, dude. I fucking kept those motherfuckers in check. There was a, sometimes they'd, like... There would like, be, like, sometimes ten of them around me. would be like, all right, too many of you. Like, get away from me. And, like, some of them would run away from me and shit like that. Like, all right, I see what's going on here. <laughs> the thing is, the monkeys coming up to you is one thing. But when the monkeys start coming up to the left... And to the right of you, you got to start watching out. You know what I'm saying? I'm afraid this is the second time we've had this conversation on the podcast about your fucking, your, your lack of care, your complete, your cavalier approach to fucking, to lower primates. (laughs) (laughs) I sent the pictures to my, my little brothers and they sent me links to like four separate horror movies that are linked to like, like, yo, this, this is the plot. Thank you, Eric. (laughs) Yeah. Eric's like, yo, Eric's like, yo, this is the plot to rage. Literally the plot to rage right now. He's like, get away from those. Do they listen to the podcast? No, no, because okay, they don't like so. our they don't like our uh, loud music. I shouldn't have given them a shout out then. Well, you well, I'm could. Gonna, I'm gonna edit that out now. No, 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 do it, do it. No, no, <laughs> leave it in there. I'll tell Eric. He'll he'll come and listen to that one second, and he'll like shut it off then. Yo, he's the shit though, for real. Uh, on the real, Levi's brother bought two Mathcore Index shirts. Yes, like he, a fucking uh, G. My little I'm brother. Assuming one of them was for fucking Koi, yeah. No, my little brother bought uh, bought one for himself and for my cousin. And these two oh, work cousin. on a on a Your ranch cousin. out in Nashville. Like they like nobody's gonna see these t shirts. They're just gonna wear these t shirts on the ranch and just like hang out. Dude, they're gonna have some sick fucking shirts. Those are those. I'm so stoked on those. Yep. Like fucking, they came out amazing. Like Irma fucking really killed it on them. Yep, the tie like, the, the tie dye shirts are fucking tight. So I mean, I helped, but honestly, like the sickest ones are the ones that she did. Uh, anybody in the chat? Can you tell me when was when has bleach tie dye always been a thing? Like, 
I, I know tie-dye, like, I is mean, always, like... Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, it's not, like, a super prevalent thing, but... Like, well, what what do you mean? I mean, like, like, so, uh, what do I mean by always? Uh, so, like, let's just say... <laughs> Otis says, hey, ask what, a dickhead. It, it, or it, dead it, head, in I'm the sorry. late 60s, early 70s, we had tie-dye. Is that when we had bleach tie dye? <laughs> like, like, or is that more new? Basically, maybe it, I mean. maybe it's always. I mean, Holly says it's always been a thing. So. I don't trust Holly. She's crafty. She would know. Oh shit! All right. Well, <laughs> well, that's the end of that discussion. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, that really kind of <laughs> shut the fuck down. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, let's talk about some more music. Yep. Um, nice little, nice this, little tangent there. Uh, so uh, yeah, well, uh, we already closed out that track and everything. Snooze, right? We did. We're, we're good. Cool. Yeah. So the next band we're going to talk about is The Unnecessary Gunpoint Lecture. The Unnecessary Gunpoint Lecture are a mathcore tech metal trio from Madison, Wisconsin, also home to the Central. Really great brand. Mm -hmm. And uh, they just released their new EP, Modern Day Prometheus, on November 27th. And fuck me, this is some super heavy down-tuned eight and I think actually nine-string mathcore and prog Usually instrumental, but occasionally features a guest vocalist. Some inserts. Yeah, some inserts here and there. I definitely like that kind of like throwbacky uh, part of their aesthetic. And uh, they do occasionally feature some guest vocalists. And unsurprisingly, I think this is some of the strongest material yet. Like that first song, especially. I like it much better when the vocals are put over it. Actually, I don't know. Um, this is going to sound crazy considering how much shit I give this band specifically about not having a vocalist, but I think actually I do care for the instrumental version of that song more, that first song, Tube, tube Socks, Tits, whatever the fuck it yeah, is. Yeah, I, I, I... What's um, it called? Yeah, I... Tube I, Socks, Tits, Dicks, and 87 Buicks. I would I would say this, uh, this would be a, a track I would take instrumental. For sure. Uh, yeah. it, it was very confusing. Uh, all in all, I would just take this band as an instrumental band. And that's I know. It, See, I think they know? do need a vocalist, but I, I it's funny because I, I say all that shit and then I hear the song without vocals and I actually like it more without the vocals. Maybe it's just because they just didn't have the right guy, perhaps. The, the, the car bomb the car bomb influences all over this record, though, is what I was about to say. Like, Oh, yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And the way they just like do subtle modulation and really like just super angular fucking rhythms. Like there's a lot of rhythmic fuckery on the record for sure. Just to use that phrase again, you can go and put that on the math cast bingo. Boom. Yeah. You know, one thing I hate the fucking cover though. The cover is awful. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's very, it's very early. I don't know. It just doesn't grab me. It's, um, Honestly, unnecessary gunpoint lecture. You got off easy. Like this episode, I have like literally no criticism for any band written down, and the only thing I could determine that I really don't like about what is happening here is the cover. Yep. <laughs> Everything else is pretty good. Like I feel like this is their best material. I feel like they need a consistent vocalist, though. That's that's the one other downside of this record for me. Um, audio inserts are interesting when you have an instrumental track. I don't really understand the the purpose of your inserts like what you're getting across something to- and because like there's there's one where it's like literally like a burrito order or something like that here's my like, theory like my theory is that you got to give people that moment to remember because there's not going to be that vocal hook now is there there's no lyrics so you got to give them yeah 
an insert, you know? I guess I, I if that's what it is, I don't. I mean, I guess I like that less. I just um, I, I the the inserts just was like, okay, well, why is that there? And then I would read the track. I'm like, well, does even go with the insert? Like, oh, all right, whatever. Like, just it's okay. I guess we're just putting things down, like that kind of thing. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, I don't really have like a whole lot of notes on this one to be honest with you. No. I, I I do feel it was like only five tracks, um, right? I mean, yeah, pretty yeah. short, short and sweet. So. What I would like to see from this band, though, is a a dedicated vocalist, and b a full length album. I feel like they need to. They've been a band for a long time. This is an instance where you know, kind of was kind of expecting an LP, but of course, you know, they uh, the the latter part of this record was probably I'm, I'm assuming it was written during, you know. Yeah. Pandemic circumstances. The pandemic, yeah. So yeah. Lord knows that just put a wrench in fucking everything. So what uh you think that tube sock song is good? Oh tube sock. I mean do we want to do the instrumental? Yeah. I mean we should just uh to credit no, we'll do the, the, the guest we'll, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's yeah. do the vocal one. Um and so this is uh this is Tube Sock Tits Dicks and eighty seven Buick Centuries featuring Dan Wooten. And uh, that's track five from the Unnecessary Gunpoint Lectures new EP, Modern Day Prometheus, which came out on November 27th. Here we go.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, this that conversation just reminding me, um, me in the chat of that time we saw a fucking vermin. Was it Primitive Man or was it Vermin Womb? We saw a uh, Vermin Womb. Yeah, remember I was like kind of like making fun of. It's, this is funny because I actually love Ethan and I love his vocals, but he kind of just does sort of uh, deliver this very like uh, one dimensional yeah. sort of like syllable when he sings. Everything's like bah, 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 amazing. Bah, bah. Shit's amazing. Shit's fucking amazing. <laughs> bah, bah. <laughs> that man makes so much sense to me. <laughs> he is amazing. Uh, yeah. He's so fucking good live. Dude yeah. literally becomes possessed. Like he is a man possessed. One of the the purest like doom fucking metal artists out there. Yep. Uh, the, the grindcore documentary that came out, uh, it's all, the only piece that he has in there, he's like bashing the dude from fucking anal cunt and it's just like, fuck yeah, man, that guy sucks. No, what anyways. he says, <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, fuck Seth Putnam. Dude, Seth sucks. I think that's, fucking, I think yeah, that's dude. like his big, his big highlight. Dude, of the I saw, I, I saw Seth Putnam in person twice as far as like, n- like I didn't, I missed anal cunt, but like I just saw him, the person walking around and he is a ter he was a terrible terrible human being a pig of a person like like a gg allen style where like you either i guess kind of liked him or you just thought he was a terrible individual like classic nihilist oh my god dude yeah very yeah i guess i guess just a yeah just a terrible person yeah anyways yeah what band are you what was your band skin jockey let us have it you can't say that and then not fucking give it the plug head gore okay Dwight, can I can I keep that in the podcast or should I edit that to keep you safe? I don't know what to do now. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. You feel free to comment or DM me. Um, <laughs> put it put in. it in. We're putting it in. Great. <laughs> Love it. Let's fucking air that beef out, dog. Let's do this. All right, we'll put it in. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll put it in. He yeah, says, I wink, guess. wink, nod, nod, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, so nice, nice. So uh, what's happening now? What are we doing? Did I? I did close out that song, didn't I? Do it again if did you I? didn't. No, no, okay. no, you didn't. We haven't closed okay. out the song. Okay, no, yet. we just really fucking went on a tangent. We've yep. been doing that after every song this episode. That's great. <laughs> so that was that was Tube Sock Tits Dicks in eighty seven Buick Centuries featuring. They should have just kept it Tube Sock Tits Dicks in eighty seven Buicks. That would have been way funnier. Um, featuring Dan Wooten on vocals. For track five from. <laughs> The Unnecessary Gunpoint Lectures. (laughs) New EP, and that's called, well, sir, that's called the Modern Day Prometheus. So next we're going to talk about Plastic Bag Face Mask. Plastic Bag Face Mask are a mathcore, deathcore trio from Fresno. No, you're not tripping out. We did just talk about this band like five episodes ago, six episodes ago. But uh, here we are revisiting them. Because they just released an EP, uh, you know, a while back. Uh, however, this new full-length album, Content, or I don't know if it's Content or Content. It's open to interpretation, I presume. Mm-hmm. Um, their new full-length album. They've really redeemed themselves here uh, in terms of, uh, you know, composition, just songwriting, recording, everything. This e- this LP is so much better than the EP they released earlier this year just by leaps and bounds. We might, I mean, naturally, I I guess we will forever repeat ourselves if we are revisiting bands by saying... They're a duo. This is I a said step trio, up. but you're this right. This is like, you know, like, I mean, I guess this is something we're always going to say, just like it's heavy or something like that, right? Um, but yeah, man, this 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 uh, release, 
um, blew me away. Uh, they have put in their fucking work. And for this to be such a well-polished, interesting listen for this kind of MySpace era, grindcore, deathcore kind of thing going on, uh, it tickled me, man. It took me back. Every time I listen to something like this, it just it tickles my brain because it's new. I, 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 you know, I, I know it's new, but then I hear it and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I hear that. Oh, I get that like kind of like old school vibe, just like earlier with um, uh, uh, Sensi Race. Uh, when I heard those chunky breakdowns, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. It's kind of 2005-ish. It's, yeah, a little pre that. Absolutely. I would agree. Um, other than that, uh, I got nothing else to say, dude. Just fucking bring, bring it on. This was a great yeah, release. You know, it's it's markedly improved material. There's yeah. some big chariot vibes on it's like a blue October song, especially on the end, which features guest vocals from Chris Deering of the Sound and Creation. No uh, shit. Yeah, there's some great features on this release. Actually, another great feature is of uh, Ellie Hyland of Fawn Limbs, who was featured on She's the Cousin of the Chainsaw. So some fucking Dark Trail fam coming out and throwing down on this album big time. Mm-hmm. And fucking killing it too. Both really, I feel like the tracks that they are on are the better, the better songs on this album for sure. There are still, you know, I, I just have the same hesitation about this band that I've had for several years, which is there are still those moments where I really have to question whether or not the guitar parts specifically are either heavily edited or just straight up MIDI. You know, specifically on the last track, like favors dad really has these parts where I'm like man this sounds very much midi so is this this is still a two piece correct yes I said trio it's a two piece yes yeah it is a two piece so for that I, I definitely when I was listening to this and I kind of sometimes get ahead of myself I'm like oh, oh hold up remember this is not a full full group this is a this is more of a, a studio uh, style band so um but, it, but, it, but I mean, as far as just listen to it, it was, it was, it was a great, uh, a great, just heavy, extreme, hard, heavy music to, uh, knock out. But yeah, when you break it down, that's, that's it's just definitely a, holding back my enjoyment just a little bit. Though. Yeah. It always, it always takes me back. And especially you and I, I think we have that, uh, we, we, we break a lot of our math cast rules and everything, but there is still that thing where it's like, wow, you, I'm not sure if you could do this live and that's kind of, you know, I don't concerning. think that they ever intend to do that. And I don't yeah. think that's, but I think that, <sighs> Back in the day, they used to play shows, but this newer material, yeah, I'm not sure that they could. There's pull a lot it off of body. Live. There's a lot more body they, there. Yeah, there's they would like have layers have, and yeah. Yeah, they would have to have a better. You know, they have to have a better drummer, an actual drummer, not a not a computer. <laughs> I mean, they could do the, the the last of Lucy thing and just put it on the fucking chair, I guess. You know, on the oh drum god. throne. Oh my god! Don't bring that up. God damn it! <laughs> god damn it! So we saw Last of Lucy in a garage one time, I, and they fucking. Oh, you mean you mean. Okay, you Levi saw them in my garage when I booked house. them. <laughs> Dude, is oh that what you mean? God. No one cares about the shows you used to book at the Big Tree, Levi. No I'm one just but fucking Nick you, Zombie just, remembers that. They <laughs> Nick didn't Zombie, tell us. you say, listeners? They didn't tell us. They didn't tell us that, like, I don't know. You book a band, you book a, I don't know, whatever. This is this this podcast is already becoming so much more humbled-centric since I yep. fucking moved. It's hilarious. Yep. yep. But, uh, yeah, I, you, you, when you book a band, uh, you generally expect uh, the band to show up as vocalist, guitar, bass, and drums. But then you sometimes get a band that shows up and they just literally put the laptop on the drum seat. <laughs> like they're being cute about it. 
And that is what they did. So, anyways. Honestly hilarious. Uh, and they um, killed You know what? Tragedy plus time equals comedy. Well done, guys. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> That's just maths. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, all that, that criticism aside about the, uh, the sterility and potentially fabricated nature of the guitar parts, I do have a lot of songs that I really enjoyed off this record. I liked uh, It's Like a Blue October song we talked about earlier, the Chariot Vibes, great guest, guest feature from Chris. Uh, I feel like even the Mightiest Caterpillars might be the yep. heaviest shit this band has ever written. I totally agree. Uh, th- uh, that track and uh, Niche Cam Room uh, are my favorite tracks. That's funny. I have no notes about that one. Yep. I could not yeah. tell you what it sounds like, but yeah, niche, niche cam room and uh, uh, the the mightiest caterpillars. Uh, ultimately, both tracks just grabbed me because it made me want to pick up all the pennies. So yeah, I mean, the, even the mightiest caterpillars is definitely like the breakdown song. For Absolutely, sure. Absolutely, huge, huge, massive shit. Uh, I liked somebody called Big Enterprise, which is also some of their best material since thirteen. Uh, she's the cousin of the Chainsaw, again, the Ellie feature, really doing it for me, really dissonance, leaning into the dissonance for him, for sure, like complimenting his style. I think they are kind of like, we need to write a song that would compliment Ellie's vocals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In other words, we're, we're going to try to kind of sound like fond limbs on this track. Um, but I think, it, I think it works out well on the track listing. It's Fashion Mom, which really had some great slow, fast tempo dynamics that was really working for me. It's nice to see... You know, just some 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 dynamic switch ups in the tempo. You know, some work work out the pacing and kind of push and pull. That's that I think that really works out for Car Bomb in a lot of ways and working for this band here. Agreed. But um, which track are you thinking, Levi? I'm thinking either it's a like a Blue October song or even the Mightiest Caterpillars. Let's do Mightiest. That that would be right. our uh, agreeance track there. Since you like that one, yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and play for you even the Mightiest Caterpillars, which is track four from Content or Content. And that came out on November 27th, and that's by Plastic Bag Face Mask. Here we go.
It's a fucking, it's a heavy, heavy track. Mm. It's a heavy hitter. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that was Even the Mightiest Caterpillars, which is track four from Content, and that is Plastic Bag Face Mask's new album, which came out on November 27th. So next, we're going to talk about Night In at Tiananmen's. Night In at Tiananmen's are a math grind quartet from Montana, and they just released their debut full-length album, Blasphemous, on November 20th. And they play what I would describe as grindcore with a lot of heavier moments and a ton of mathcore influence. Really like scratchy vocals, blast-heavy drums, extended downrange guitars. It's, a, it's quite interesting. It is. You, this album kind of has a bit of a slow start, though. Like I think it doesn't really start picking up until you get a few tracks in. Like The first major highlight on the record, for me anyway, being on, on like track three. Mm-hmm. Definitely takes me back, uh, takes me uh, away from the album a little bit, just hearing the the audio quality um, and the production. Uh, I felt like it was a little like uh, raw, almost like live recordings in a way. I really didn't mm-hmm. know how to put my finger on it there. Uh, but yeah, it was great. Nice. Uh, n- nice. Great. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, really, I really honestly don't have too much to say about these guys. Yeah. Um, the the audio quality kind of took me away, so it just kind of wrapped it up in a little bow, and just it was it was a nice chaotic release. I liked it, you know. It's okay. There's one thing I'll get to in a second, but it was kind of reminding me on a very sort of basic level of what Car Bomb would be like if they listened to a lot more Pig Destroyer. I see that with the grind influence, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's definitely a. Ma- I mean, I think these guys listen to mostly grindcore, but there's just because of the down-tuned guitars, they they actually bring in some breakdowns and like actual exercise some like heavier moments. But you know, this is some good material that is just kind of sadly marred by some bad production, which also seems to vary from track to track. Mm-hmm. Like that, the production was definitely holding back my enjoyment here. Like the mix of the drums and the guitars are very homebrewed. Um, only the vocals seem to be sh- like shining through with any amount of clarity. You know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like, those I get are, like, that. They, I get that. They seem to be mixed a lot louder. Um, it's also just like a slightly bloated runtime. You know, it's, it's 16 tracks with three interludes. So I did enjoy quite a few songs, though, to be fair. I thought Zazz was quite good. Uh, that's where the record really starts to pick up in terms of technical material for me. Um, I liked Cascade. Cascade was good. Yeah, uh, that has such like a melodic introduction. It's almost like uncharacteristic of this kind of music. Mm-hmm. But then it like, really takes a, a turn for the heavy with some nice bends, followed by like lovely diminished chords and this like chromatic movement. Which means that it sounds gross <laughs> in layman's terms. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the this band definitely uh, flexes on the whole bend, uh, the guitar bend thing, which I really enjoy. It really, um, I don't just it, it it was an element I really enjoyed with this band. Uh, I, once again, man, I just fucking wish this uh, the the recordings were just a little bit better, a little more polished. Uh, it yeah. just took me away from that. Just sometimes, sometimes there was like moments where the production was 
it was lacking and it felt like everything was being jammed through one tube, you know? Yes, very much. And I definitely see that I can, I have to agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that would be my one, my big critique that just take, took me away. And also it makes me, um, it makes me less, uh, wanting to go back and listen to it again and go listen, back in, yeah, in, you know, like, it, it's it, just like, it's almost like, Oh, let me get through this. Like, Jesus, man. <laughs> You took the words out of my mouth. It kind of turns it into a chore in that way. Yeah, Absolutely. like getting this is almost like ear fatigue in an album in that way. Well, I mean, in this day and age, there's no reason why you need to uh, you, your band needs to record through a fucking four channel. You know, you guys can all do your thing and produce properly. I mean, I mean every, everybody's sure able to do that. You know, right? But there's also you know there's there's constraints. I think specifically recording drums is a really challenging aspect for a yeah. lot of DIY bands because they don't have the necessary equipment to make it like they, they hear it in their heads. Like they, they hear on their favorite records. And I think like, I think that's a lot of fucking mics to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we, we, we also have the, you know, naturally have the COVID thing going on, but I think sometimes, uh, it's hindsight. You know, you, 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 you make something, you listen to it, you like it, you put it out. And then later on you release another album. You're like, Oh shit. That first album was, uh, okay. Like that kind of thing. It might be a little more of a, a hindsight thing later on. They'll release something else. And then they, kind of see where what 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 was going on there because i mean sometimes you just you 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 record listen to it and release you know and i just uh i just find it interesting that this is the the quality that you would put out but yeah you know it's just a band camp release it's all good yeah i want to recommend to our listeners that you just skip ahead and get to zazz or cascade or even gator which sees them taking advantage of some pitch shifters uh cascade uh honestly cascade would be the track i would choose um you know you know, to show, but that'd be me. That's definitely one of the better ones on the album too. So I hear you there, but, um, Gator is really fucking heavy. Again, they, they really start to make use of those extended range guitars. Mm -hmm. I also liked, um, it was me the whole time. They kind of like take it straight down the middle of the road with just a big old fucking bouncy metalcore riff. But for some reason it was really satisfying to hear on this record. I'm not done yet though. Uh, (laughs) I liked uh, Fresh Meat, which is probably the most ambitious, expansive, and lengthy track on this album that has a really nice sense of pacing and is broken up with this really long like synth trop that fades out into these drum clicks and cymbals, which is then met with like these minor second chords. And it's just like one of the best moments of the album, but it's so deep into that fucking track and uh, so deep into the track listing too, for that matter. I think the best track on this album, though, for me, uh, had to have been The Witcher. Mm, in The okay. Witcher, yeah, they they bring in that that vocal feature from Mandy Castro, and it's just like, it really just fucking works. There's like a bit of melodicism there that was totally unexpected, but hit really nice. But it sounds like uh, you think Cascade is the song. I like Cascade, man, um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I trust you. You you pick. I really feel, on, let's give him on. The Witcher. Yeah, let's give him The Witcher. I feel like that's, uh, or I don't know. No, no Witcher, Witcher. We're doing Witcher. Oh, yeah, Witcher. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> right, let's do it. All right, so we're going to go ahead and play The Witcher, which is track 11 from Blasphemist, and that came out on November 20th. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. 
So that was The Witcher, which is... What fucking track is that again? Track 11 from Blasphemist, which is... Well, that's Nighting at Tiananmen's new album. <laughs> and that came out on November 20th. Levi, unmute. Yep. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Definitely was talking with... That. Yep, okay. Well, well, well. Yeah, see, the, 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 the fucking the payoff of that album is so delayed, you really gotta get a bit deeper into the track listing to actually get to the parts that are, like, especially good. Yes. Uh, man, but once again, that, uh, the, the, the feature of that, the, the Mandy Castro in that vocal, uh, in the, for the vocals, amazing. Really awesome balance there. Excellent feature, yeah. Yep. Yeah, just I, I wish I wish the production was a bit better on this one. So hopefully they they hit the like a professional studio next time around and really track everything, um, so they all shine through individually. Yeah, absolutely. Because as as you say, it does definitely sound like it's coming through one too. But fortunately, the material at least on that track in particular and on Cascade. Oh, it's super very, interesting, very man! Strong. Fuck, it's yeah. great. Yeah. So before we wrap this up. Uh, I just want to thank everybody so much uh, on Patreon and in the chat for listening. We love you, we love you, we love you. Episode 57 has taken a week and two days. We're to, so sorry to... for letting you down yesterday. So, yeah. And, and, and uh, well, last week technically too. So thank you guys for uh, uh, being patient um, and everything. No, we've, like, we've been really playing with their emotions for like the last two mm-hmm. months especially. And then, I, and then I moved and started a new job. So everything has been further thrown into chaos. Yep. But uh, we're here now. We appreciate you listening on a Thursday night. And uh, yeah, I think that I think that about wraps it up. Mm-hmm. So uh, without further ado, let's see. What, anything birthday? else we need to? Is, is it Holly's birthday? Oh yeah! Happy birthday, Holly! Shut Today the is fuck Holly. Up, Holly. Really? Holly. <laughs> yes, it's Holly's birthday. Happy birthday, Holly! Woo! Oh, I hope you're. Levi, old. you're supposed to woo. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop For real, whoop. happy birthday, Holly. She was on um, New Chlorine, her her handle, featured on um, the Castain's creation. And uh, that'll be up tomorrow, a.k.a. the 18th. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's up now. No, she said it'll it was... be up tomorrow. 
Oh, okay. Yep. Well, fine then. Yep. I assume she does know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, so I guess that about wraps it up for the 57th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again next week with some more sick underground bands. Good night, and stay beautiful.